Welcome back to the Running Wine Mom podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Selinski, aka the Running Wine Mom. Today, we're joined by Anne, a multi-talented woman who has made a name for herself in the fitness world, co-parenting, and as a sleep consultant. Anne is no stranger to overcoming obstacles. As a former contestant on America's Next Top Model, she had to navigate the demanding world of modeling while also balancing the responsibilities of being a parent of three, including a set of twins. Join us as we dive into Anne's inspiring journey, discussing everything from her fitness routine and business ventures to her co-parenting experience and the importance of sleep for both parents and children. Get ready to be inspired by this powerhouse of a woman as she shares her story and valuable insights with us on this episode of the Running Wine Mom podcast. We're going to get started, and you do not drink, so we're going to have a mocktail of the week or non-alcoholic drink of the week. It is always coca-cola i just my guilty pleasure love it love it just regular coca-cola no diet or anything oh yeah i can't be bothered with the diet i don't know i just love a good like there's nothing like a coca-cola for breakfast like it reminds me of my aunt she just used to like with the bacon egg and cheese and you crack open an ice cold coke (laughs) i love all right so what is your wine and win of the week so I sat on my couch for an entire day to rest, which I know is like any parent knows is so hard to sometimes do. Obviously, it helps that my kids are school aged and I'm also divorced. So I do get some availability to do that, whether I actually do it or not. You know, I this week I prioritize it because it has been a, a long winter flu season. Oh, yeah. Many people have experienced. It's just... I needed to just rest and I still did work because I usually can't turn that off. But, um, so it felt good to just sit and do nothing. That's amazing. We all need our rest. What are a few struggles that you have overcome leading to where you are now? The first one probably would be, uh, low self-esteem, which may be surprising, but I think a lot of people who model struggle with low self-esteem. It's something that people don't really talk about a lot. Fear of failing, you know, it's scary put yourself out there and you know just people telling me that I, I I couldn't do something I come from a small town and it was always like well if it doesn't work you can just like come home and I was like well, no I can't <laughs> well yeah no I can't and you have definitely but, killed it in all of those departments which I'm excited to talk to you about oh, um so what are three yeah, things that you're you. most proud of in your life my children of course even you know they just I didn't think I would be a good mom like before I had kids, I don't really, I know I work with children, but I don't really like them. (laughs) I always say that I'm like, I like talking to other people about their kids, but I was never that like super maternal woman. And so I I think before I had Frankie, my daughter, I just, I didn't know what kind of a mom I would be. And so I'm, I think I'm the most proud of my children and, um, and the type of mom that I am. That's amazing. Um, Because I'm a good one. You are. You really are. Oh, thank you. And um, building my business, Full Feedings, it's probably the most fulfilling thing besides my children that I've ever done in my life. It provides a value far greater than anything I ever thought possible. And then just really embracing my circumstances in my life and making the most of them, not trying to get too caught up in what's what could have been or what should have been and that's taken me a long time to get to that place but just really acceptance of my life as it is and then you know working from that place to really live a good life yeah you're i'm so excited to talk about your full feedings program because that's just like flying off i'm in so many mom groups on facebook and i always love when they they're like oh do you want to use this one or that one or full feedings i'm like i know her no, girl, me too. Because I was like, holy cow, like the fact that I can, I created this from literally nothing. And so for me to be able to see those comparisons and, and in a relatively short time, you know, I've only like professionally been doing this for almost five years. Like, obviously, I was doing it long before then, before I was charging clients for it. But um, to see that, it's you know I'm I'm flattered I'm just feel very like I'm in great company and I feel like yeah I've created something that really changes people's lives and helps them to be 
to live better lives and and be better parents because they're sleeping. And I think that it's honestly, it's been amazing. Like I I get though that I I actually made a folder where if you're having a bad day, read this because things that I see people comparing my business or stuff like that, it's just, that's what keeps me going some days. I'm glad that I'm showing up in the- (laughs) You are. You're doing an amazing job and I am so, I'm very proud of you for doing it. Thank you. (laughs) All right. So Anne and I met through the gym and we're going to talk about the class that we took in a minute. But the thing that I wanted to start with. Yes, we are. Yeah. Yes. The best class ever. Anne was a water polo player, a collegiate athlete, four-time All-American in high school for water polo. And, And I don't know any other water polo players. So how did you become interested in that? Um, I swam, so swimming was always like my thing. And then when I started high school, well, actually before that, my brother played, so he was two years older, and so he played. And so I would go and sit in the summer because I was like a tomboy and I love sports. And I would just be like, "Please ask me to play. Please ask me to play." And so in like seventh and eighth grade, I would jump in in the summer with like all boys, and I really that's how I learned to play. And then I think that's also kind of how I got so good at it prior to high school because I really didn't start competing until high school. I often say it was the first love of my life (laughs) was water polo. It's something that I miss a lot. And I I played competitively in New York um, when I lived in New York and was modeling, played on two different teams there and traveled. Wow, jeez. And then I was like, this is This is insane because if I, you know, modeling, I would be like, water polo is a pretty intense sport, so I would be nervous. And I played um, offensive whole set, which you probably have no idea, but anyone listening, like, it's the position in front of the goal where you just fight the whole time. And I would be, you know, nervous that I was going to hit my face and not be able to work. So I kind of had to tone it back. But it was grueling, and it's something that I still, if I could play a few days a week, still I would. There's nothing near where I live. Yeah. The one thing that I'm like, Missing from my life that I I love. So, what are the key skills for being a water polo player? What did how did you train for it? Swimming is like probably the base because it's like soccer except you're swimming back and forth. Mm -hmm. Stamina. I mean, listen, sports to me is the beginning of life's lessons of triumphing over like obstacles and difficulties in your life because you you're faced with all that and you're faced with these challenges and you have to work with other people depending on the sport that you play. But really it just takes a tremendous amount of like, let's call it multitasking because you're watching this person and doing that and just hand-eye coordination and strength. And, you know, it just in all aspects, mental, you know, strategy and things like, like that, that really, I think prepare, prepared me for life. And then certain like the camaraderie of teammates, like I still, my best friends are from that, from water polo. I have friends all over the world that I played against in high school and college that I still, you know, just stay connected to. And I did a campaign for USA Water Polo. Like, oh my gosh. Uh, oh, wow. Worlds collide. Like, <laughs> I know. I was like, okay, they did like a, they wanted people to know about the sport. And so a lot of people, I forget, Sean Paul, I think played water polo what? and like Scott Wolf, which wow. is taking us back to like party of five. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was party, party of five. five. So yeah. So we all did this water polo campaign and I still am like, that's like the most proud. Oh my gosh. That's so fun. When I was on that. Yes. What was the competition like for it? Where did the water polo players come from? Like, where, how is it just like, where do we go? No, yeah. So it's funny because I grew up in Erie, Pennsylvania, and I went to Erie McDowell. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of the teams are from our area, not like Wyoming Valley West is a little bit north, but like Redding. Mm-hmm. So we would always come to this side of the state. So when I moved to this area from New York, I was like, oh my gosh, like we used to come here all the time and play. But it just was. I don't know. It's it's a, it's an odd it's an odd sport. It's a very much a West Coast sport, so it's really yeah. not well known on the East right. Coast. But it's like sprinkled throughout. Cool. So I don't know. It's like I it's still like it makes me so happy. I'm like oh, I love watching the Olympics and watching everyone play and awesome. And just to kind of transition to uh, after our collegiate lives, we have to figure out how to work out somehow. And uh, our gym yes. has the best class ever dance sweat <laughs> so you how... how many people message me about dance sweat i'm sure i want someone to do it though in a club though i'm like if someone went to clubs <laughs> yeah at 12 o'clock i could go get pipe in a club with a dj oh my gosh i would be there every day 
Yeah, I agree. Um, like, it's just, I love it. I really think our, like, dance sweat to me is just, I really enjoy it because it's young women, it's old women, it's thin women, it's heavy women. It doesn't matter. Like, everyone's just there having, like, the best time. Mm-hmm. They always say people who dance are free. And I feel like, I just feel like I can go there and it doesn't matter. Like, I can have the worst day or the best day. And it really just resets or supports from having the best day. It's like, makes it even better. If I'm having a bad day, I end up leaving there feeling better. And from something that was ironic, when I moved to New York from, you know, I left college after America's Next Top Model. I didn't think I would. And I was like, had this opportunity. And I remember when I... I was playing water polo six days a week, eating burger cans. Yeah. Didn't give a shit. I was like, whatever. And I was in shape. And then I moved to New York and I didn't really know what to do. I didn't know how. And I'm sure it's probably pretty common for athletes. Is like, I wasn't like lift water polo is not necessarily like lifting. It's just like you swim and you have that like swimmer body and you can lift, but I, I didn't. Mm-hmm. And so I think finding, like, I didn't know what to do. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to like run. I just didn't (laughs) like, I don't know. I ran the New York marathon in 2008, but like, I just, that wasn't my thing. And so I found that like dancing really, and I used to take a hip hop class in New York. It was really something that allowed me to not think of that about like, oh, this is an hour of cardio. Cause it's like, I don't want to do an Mm -hmm. hour of cardio. You know, it really like it goes so fast and your mental health like it's just I wrote something about like I have always suffered from anxiety I still do only to be made worse by having small children (laughs) or any children and it just helps so much to relieve that and just let it go and kind of like process it without really doing much of anything so many people they message me and they're like intimate like that's so intimidating I could never go to the class even people that go to the knack will message me and say, oh, I want to try it, but I'm nervous. I'm like, just come. It's so much fun. Nobody's looking no, at I know. you messing up your moves. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I also love the camaraderie of the women. And mm-hmm. like I do, I feel like even though everyone doesn't know everyone, it's like we have our little groups and like, are you coming? And it just, it's so nice, especially like post COVID, just to be able to connect with people and like, just, I don't know, it just really is my favorite thing. I really don't miss it on a Monday for anything, which is when I know that I'm like, I also box as well. So that also helps the relief mental stress particularly like anger like, okay. <laughs> that's how you get your anger out I love it love it I'm like I'm gonna let this go um <laughs> but it's just like so I don't know it's so nice to be able to do that and then not feel like it's I'm I don't even feel like we're working out when we no. do it and I love I do love that it's Mondays because it does make me look forward most people hate Mondays and I'm like oh I love Mondays because Monday night you know no, me too after work I get to go dance and have fun okay so let's transition everybody has a life before kids and your pre-kids life was very interesting much more than mine (laughs) uh you were a contestant (laughs) on america's next top model so what inspired you first of all to even audition for it so everyone was always like you're tall you know it's like you should if you're tall you should either play basketball or be a model like mm-hmm. that's what you get because I was attractive they were like you should model and I, I kind of dabbled with it I was from a small town so it wasn't really you know feasible to like go to New York out of and I was I think I was actually scouted by like an IMG scout at a hockey game when I was like 18 and I, I went to New York and met with IMG but it was so foreign to me to move from where I live to New York like my parents didn't have the means to pay for me to live in New York City. I also was 18. I was a great athlete. So it was like, that didn't work at that time. So I don't know. I think I saw one episode of it on TV and I was like, I'm just going to make a tape. Cool. And I'm not going to tell anyone I make a tape. I made a tape dancing. I cannot find said tape. Firebanks probably. (laughs) And I made a tape dancing to Michael Jackson, Black or White, which I didn't even realize. I'm pretty sure she's in the music video. So I made a tape like dancing to Michael Jackson, Black or White in my bedroom. I was like perfectly quirky in myself. And they called me and it just like went for, I kind of, and I remember being in my water polo van because at the time we had to travel to our pool for practice. 
And I remember being like, oh my God, I can't even tell anyone because I didn't want anyone to know. I didn't tell anyone until I made it to like the top 60 and, and then they did an interview and they were like, could you record yourself while we call you? And then I kind of was like, this is weird. And then went to Los Angeles with 60 girls, made it to top 20, came home, had to go back to New York packed for like two and a half months had no clue what was happening and you know luckily it was in like the summer between my junior and senior year of college and I still sometimes to this day like I sometimes forget that I was on it because <laughs> I I had a great experience on it some people don't I I really had a lovely experience and I'm still very close to Nigel and Jay Manuel and you know I don't talk to Tyra as much but you know definitely I've been in touch with her over the years and nothing but gratitude and respect it gave me you know gave me a chance I remember saying myself if I can get on this show I can make something of my life yeah outside of being in Erie in a small town yeah because when that was on it was kind of like right when reality tv was blooming and I feel like all of my friends watched it and like I was just saying I was I definitely watched your season and I just felt like it was such a fun thing to do to watch these women on there be because it was new too like reality television hadn't been completely overdone so it was still exciting and like most girls grow up wanting to be a model or a singer or an actress (laughs) yeah it's like who doesn't like yeah and so I mean I'm sure that there are girls that don't but like my daughter's like I'm gonna be a rock star and I'm like okay okay you can you know and it's like yeah you can do that and um just to be able to have that opportunity to be exposed to agencies because then as soon as I was I obviously didn't win, but I, I, I didn't really want to win, if I'm being brutally honest. I didn't want that stigma. It's kind of been a t- in, yeah. in the actual business. It's not what everyone thinks it is. I've met some people that were on American Idol, similar experiences. You know, it's not really considered serious within the business itself. So it sometimes has felt like a in, in ways it's been a hindrance yeah. for me. But I still like... I wouldn't have been done. I wouldn't be here sitting talking to you had I not done that show. So it really started an entire phase of my life that I'm like eternally grateful for. That's um, amazing. What was the most challenging aspect of it? I feel like there's so many negative things that come out of it. But you said you obviously had such a great experience, which is awesome to hear because you know you hope that's what it is. But I'm sure there had to be like a challenging shoot or. Yeah, we were not even like the, well, like just the schedule alone, because like filming television, and obviously I've acted since then. I, I shot a TV show when I was 16 weeks pregnant with my daughter, and I was shooting at night, all night. So mm-hmm. I would shoot from 11, like 10 p.m. till 10 a.m. Like those aspects of entertainment and, and modeling, and like I've had jobs that like, you know, they're not, I've had amazing jobs. I did a Fiat commercial, which is probably the coolest job I've ever done that literally transformed Winston-Salem, North Carolina into an old time. And then I've had jobs where you're in a closet for 13 hours and you don't get lunch. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you're pass out. But the show really, I think the most grueling thing was we didn't know what was coming next because they wanted all to be surprised as far as that goes for the reality aspect of it. So we didn't really know it was coming. And then the hours, like the judging was at two, three in the morning. Oh my like gosh. We would go and have our, they'd film all day and then they'd deliberate and they're changing lights and changing hair and changing all this shit. And it would be, we'd go to sleep and then they'd come and wake us up and it'd be like two, three, four o'clock in the morning. We would finish the filming, which we were all like falling asleep. And then we'd have to get up at like, seven and go work out and it's like some of it I think they did to make it seem like this is the business and like don't get me wrong I've definitely had things where you fly here or you take a red eye and then you have to work and fly back there but that was hard because I was like I'm not prepared for this so I felt like that was really challenging and we lived at the Waldorf Astoria which is where our, our house was and we had no windows that opened and no television mm. and one phone in the whole house and we couldn't leave so, so yeah. 13 girls getting their fucking period. <laughs> like, it was a disaster. Like, you would just be like, bitch, I'm going to cut. Like, get out of my face. Like, just, I can't even take this. Get out of my face. Oh my you know? Gosh. It's just a lot of personalities. We yeah. all got our period at least twice while we were there. So, oh we my. were just feisty. It's 13 girls not yeah. being able to physically remove yourself from the space. That was challenging as well. 
feel like that might be more challenging than like, the actual competition of it. I'm like, okay. Did you have a favorite photo shoot that you did on it that you can think of? I don't even like, you know, if I watch the show. Every time I start dating someone, because I've been dating, I'm just like, oh God, please don't. Please don't ask me. I did that. wear Crocs on the show, which never cool. Oh, so they I are cool I now. I was way ahead of the game. What was my favorite? We did a tarantula on our face. That was honestly pretty tight with I, diamonds. Like this insane. You remember yeah, that? I, I'm having a flashback right now. I feel like I remember that now that you're saying It was that. like crawling, yeah. but they don't move. It was like cool. You know, you think tarantula. I forget the movie that we all were terrified of as kids, but with uh-huh. the tarantulas. Home Alone had the tarantula in it. I remember that where he like put it on the guy's face. What was the other? But they're not, they don't bite. Yeah. Like they don't do anything. They just crawl. But people were freaking. But (laughs) that was probably, calm yourself. So after the show, you said that opened a lot of doors for you and you're still modeling now almost 20 years later, right? It's like insane. Mm -hmm. So how has it changed as you've aged and been in the industry for that long? Well, first, I never thought I'm about to turn 40. And I, I really never thought that I would still be modeling. And the business has changed a lot, even since I started in the beginning with water polo, I moved to New York, and I was very muscular, but very fit and toned. But they were like, you have to lose your muscle because it wasn't cool then like the Carly classes and like the people the girls that really paved the way for athletic bodies, they they hadn't come about yet. And so for me, they were like, lose your muscle. I'm like, I don't even know how to do that. And I ended up like gaining weight and, you know, struggling with all that. But I got great advice when I moved to New York. Of, don't go in for editorial and high fashion. It's not who I am anyways. Like I've always just been classic looking. And so I just went for like, they were like, go for money jobs like go for hair, go for beauty, go for the things that nobody sees, which was great. And then as I did Clairol and Olay and all the things, I became just back to like who I was, which is like, I'm an athletic person. Like I'm always going to have an athletic body. It's just how I was from a very young age with sports. And then that kind of started to take shape because I did Champion and I did Under Armour and I did every sports brand, Nike, like for years, which was amazing. I was like, oh my gosh, I get to like marry these two things. It was probably the most comfortable, like Champion probably goes down as like one of the best clients that I ever had. I grew up idolized, like looking at their advertisements and I did their advertising for like two or three years. And, you know, now it's changed. As I get older, I like to think I don't look 40. So I'm in like a weird age now where I don't look 20, but I don't look 40. So I think in another few years, if I still am wanting to do that, that it would be something that, you know, as I get a little older, but they like want you to cut your hair short. I'm like, I can't do the mom. No, I'm not. I don't know that my baba (laughs) died at 101 with long hair and she's like my idol. So I'm like, and I even think in the last 20 years, the age of 40 is different than it was. You know, so I used to think 40, like when I would think about 40 year old, I just said this to someone when my mom was like in her 40s and I, the thought of her like having sex and I was just like, Ugh, you know, and now I'm like, because she was like old and now I'm like, oh, You're like, I'm 40 and I love having sex. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. So like, you know, it just, it's, it, it has changed. And then also I think it's changed in a great way because it's just more inclusive of like people. People are 40 and are beautiful. People are size 12 and beautiful. People are size two and beautiful. It doesn't have to be this one size fits all. So I don't know. It's been, you know, it ebbs and it flows. I still do a few jobs a year. Sometimes I'm having to prioritize my business over that, which is difficult for me because I do, you know, I do like modeling and acting and, but I sometimes can't take a whole day to go to New York and do, do that. But I just take it as it comes and it's, you know, it's still something fun. My sons and my daughter literally carry my comp cards. Like they take them to school for show and tell. It's like the cutest thing. And she's like, I didn't know you were a model. I was like. Yes. I mean, that's a great show and tell tap. Would you ever consider letting them do modeling or be in the acting? We did. My kid's dad, he was also in the business. And so we did stuff like he and I did like Lord and Taylor with Frankie, but I don't mean to bash in any way. They're just, there's not, it's not unionized. So there's no standards and kids are kids. Like I, the last job I did with my sons was for like Burlington Coat Factory for Mother's Day. And it was, a, I mean, I was done. I was like, 
I can't make them do this. They're getting paid. You know, they want real life, but I'm like, I can't guarantee you that my three-year-old sons are going to do what you want them to do. And it gets a little stressful when you don't get the shot. And I know it's stressful as an adult when you don't get the shot to then try to have the kids. It's not a no, but I don't pursue it. Sometimes I did in the beginning with Frankie, I would take on castings, but it's, it's not really... There's nothing wrong with it, but I just, it's not for you. It's not something that I want to pursue, but people love seeing her and stuff was very cute too. I mean, any parent, you're like, oh my God, that's my kid. That's my child. But there's no way she's not because like her dad is a mod, was a model and an act. There's no way that this child's good. And I'm like, well, we don't have a leg to stand on when she's like, I don't want to go to college. I actually want to move to New York and model. It's like, what am I going to say? Yeah. No, don't follow your dreams like I did. (laughs) Like, it'll be, you know, so I don't know. We'll leave it up to them. Yeah, well, I'm sure, yeah, they have the genes to do it. And, you know, the resources, too, for you guys to – and you guys have the knowledge as well of what they should or shouldn't get into, which is helpful because sometimes people go in with such a blind eye to it. Well, most people do. Yeah, and a lot of the stuff that's, like, paced that, like, I feel, like, very – grateful that I have that knowledge because I it's a lot of it's like can be hoaxy especially in our area like Wilhelmina in Philadelphia is not even my line with Wilhelmina they're not even associated with Wilhelmina in New York oh really like I think it's just licensed to use the name or something Hmm. they're not the same interesting and I'm like oh yeah stuff you wouldn't even think about maybe I mean, I don't know. know. So I'm like, (laughs) all right, well, now that we kind of just talked about your kids and what their future is or isn't going to be like, let's get into parenting. (laughs) You have a daughter and then you have twin boys, which I don't know how you do that. And you are single mom. And it's funny because I was thinking of you as I was trying to get our night settled in before this interview that we're having. And my husband's working now. And I was like, the kids were freaking out. And I'm trying to get them to bed at a certain time. I'm trying to make dinner. I'm trying to clean up. And I'm like, how does Anne do this by herself all the time? Like, I have help when my husband's not working. But it's just a whole nother sort of admiration for anyone doing it on their own thank you and then the twins yes there are the twins what do you think in parenthood that you are least prepared for i'm gonna be a little cheesy and say the love because like i really don't think you can truly understand that and when i say that because there are times where i like i'm like don't want a parent today and thank god that that love exists Mm -hmm. because it has to (laughs) you that was really easy yeah i'm like (laughs) I also, I think I'm such an A-type person. I was not prepared for how difficult and different every day would be and that you can't really, like, make a system. I mean, I have systems in place, right? Like, everything in my life is a system, but it has to be flexible. And, like, we can segue that into my business because that's been a huge thing where I was like, how can I help A-type parents have the most control and the most structure with being flexible? Because you have to be, and it's like... Everything doesn't always look the same. And I was very much a black and white person before I had kids and parenthood is gray. And that was, that's hard for me. You know, it was hard for me to adjust to that. I feel like parenthood is in a way it's Groundhog's Day, but it's not the same ground. It's the same (laughs) things, but different every day. I'm like, you know, you never know what you're going to get with their attitude or their feelings or what they're going to eat today what they're not and also like how we're going to deal because I really I mean I'm a big fan of making amends to my kids so when I screw up I'm usually like there's some money for therapy down the road because I did not (laughs) handle that (laughs) yeah you know and I do use humor like my kid a lot of kids don't understand sarcasm and humor where my kids do and so like we do I do try to use I was like wow I didn't really handle that one so well you know and they just get it in a way that helps I think all of, of us, because like, it's not perfect. And like, yeah. some days I'm more tired than others. And I don't make a good decision. I yell or I get frustrated because they're taking too long and they're a little beat. Like I was just putting my son's sweatshirt on this morning for school. And I'm like, I'm just like, put it on. You know what I mean? It's like, there, there are these like little bodies that you're like, oh my gosh. I just, and I don't you know, I've never hit my kids never done anything but you know I'm like come on let's yeah. go and I'm like oh gosh I could be a little bit more gentle he's four and a half this is what he does and I think 
sometimes I could use a little bit more patience as most parents can. You know, I think that's yeah. a unifying theme. Will- Willow just learned the word frustrated and it's so cute because she'll just say, like she says it, you know, she's only two and a half. She's like, oh, fresh, I'm frustrated. So last night, Mark was grilling and the bacon basically caught the grill on fire. So he was like having kind of a breakdown and she goes to the door, the back door. She's like, Oh daddy, are you frustrated? He like stopped and looked. He's like, he's like, yes, I I am like, and it was just such a mood changer too. I think Daniel Tiger, like, I think he has really helped kids to identify, like, my daughter was, like, easily able to identify feelings, and then, like, me just, like, helping her to, because I think my parents, who are both deceased, but they didn't have that, the ability to, like, identify feelings and relate, because I'm like, okay, so there were years where I just thought you guys all had it together, and then I realized that you guys didn't no. have it all together, <laughs> so it's, like, being able to teach them that, like, hey, I get frustrated all the time, yeah, because I get frustrated every day, mm-hmm. and so that's normal, and then and it's really how we're like coping and dealing with it that that's where the work is and where the, you're going to have that for the rest of your life so I feel like I really try parenting wise to I have a routine I don't really waver I would much rather skip plans and get my kids you know keep them in the routine and keep them on their schedule than like compromise that to go do something fun that's just how I've always been but I also I'm strict and I'm firm but I also like can make amends to my kids when I screw up. And I think it's like really important that for me to be able to do that because it helps them to also be able to do that. I don't think our parents had that knowledge to apologize for when they were maybe feeling too overwhelmed or angry or whatever, frustrated. And uh, I think a lot of moms that I talk to in our generation, that's something that they really want to work on and change is just letting your kids know that you're human and it's okay to feel these feelings but like you said the way that you cope with them is the most important way it doesn't matter if you have the feelings you have to learn how to deal with the feelings well and then I sometimes think too because I'm like I'm gonna be 40 and I still sometimes can't deal with my feelings like do you know what I mean like how many times I'm overwhelmed frustrated two bad things happen I have a bad day the thing and then the next thing I know I'm like oh my god like I'm not I'm not dealing with this like at all and so it's like just to be able and I don't know that that ever changes like as I get into my adulthood it's not that it's I used to think it was like oh it's gonna stop I'm gonna arrive at this like magical place where like things don't bother me and I don't get frustrated and everything's rainbows and lollipops and it's just not like that it's how I deal with it and how I make my way through it that I think makes the difference and so it's like teaching Teaching them those tools so that they can access them and and not have to kind of figure that out as they go through their lives. So having all the feelings in your house with three kids, but one of the sets is twins. Do Mm -hmm. twins run in your family? I know that's the question that everybody asks. Like, how did the twins come to be? I have fraternal (laughs) twins. So those are genetic. Like, that's a genetic fraternal twins and actually the day that my dad my dad's a fraternal twin and the day that my dad died I had my ultrasound and found out I was having twins oh my god so it's like very ironic and like very and like I'm kind of into souls and all this stuff and it's some people believe that souls can inhibit a body when they're not as they're conceived but sometimes when they're born so it's very symbolic to me that I have my dad was a fraternal twin boy boy twin and both him and his brother passed and so just that I have boy boy twins but I did take Clomad. I had miscarriages. Most women I know who took Clomad have fraternal twin boys, which is an ironic statistic. Remember when they said, oh, you should, you know, you can take this because I had miscarried. And when I miscarried, my body wouldn't get pregnant till the baby would have been born. So like, I couldn't, I, I know oh some women miscarry and then all of a sudden it's like, two months later they're pregnant I would try and try and try like I miscarried before Frankie and I was due in March and then I got pregnant with her in April like after oh, I would have been due so nine months after her that's a, such so a long time so I did time. take Clomad yeah and he's like oh the incidence of twins is only seven percent I'm like okay and then there's like twins and I was like my marriage is over <laughs> like I think that pushed us over the uh <laughs> over real edge a little bit but you know I was also happy like I I only have one brother I have two stepbrothers but I'm not as close to them but I feel like wanted a big family I probably had a knockout divorce I would have had more kids and also you know both I said both my parents have passed away in the last five years so even then I probably would have wanted more kids just to have like a big bigger family I'm done now. <laughs> the shop is, we're done. Okay, good. We're no done. longer. 40, 40 was my like hard cutoff. 
watched with a baby in like a year. Oh gosh. <laughs> kidding. What a, one of my friends no. has had a baby at 42. Like I feel as though it's more normal now women having them. In oh, I mean, more power to them. It is. Yeah. I, I'm tired. <laughs> You're I'm like, no, <laughs> no. Cause both feedings is like my fourth child. So for sure. Yeah. You, it's not like you have anything else going on besides, you know, no. <laughs> um, but what... twins are amazing. And like, in many ways, my daughter was probably harder because I had no clue what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I didn't know with my twins. I like, honestly, I feel sorry sometimes for first time twin parents. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, you're going to think that this is what it's like. But if I had a singleton now, I'm sure I, I could watch, honestly, my brother comes here. He has twins as well, which his twins are, they're Clomed twins as well doesn't i don't think it genetically runs in her family because it's usually on the woman's side although i did read one study i think where it was there is some influence of the male side as well i don't know what doesn't really make sense in my brain but it's like i I believe i read that um and he'll come here with his three kids and i'm like i could watch six kids i could watch 12 kids i had 30 girl scouts here a couple weekends ago and for not liking kids i was like oh i can pretty much handle i feel like after twins um and then having it when frankie was two and a half when they were born i'm like oh i could pretty much do anything i can't imagine i mean my kids are 18 months apart but willow's two and a half now That's intense. and if i had two babies though no i i, I would <laughs> i would perish honestly i don't you I, would figure it out like, yeah the other thing is too is like you have to you like, have to i remember bringing them home i was in the nicu they were born eight weeks premature Tommy was in the NICU for three weeks and then I had to leave Teddy behind, which was, we just talked about this the other morning with Ted. I said, honestly, buddy, I said, I was so, they asked me questions all the time. And I was just like, I was, when I had to take Tommy home and leave you by yourself in the NICU, I just sobbed, you know, I was so hormonal. So I and the NICU was amazing, but it was nice. Cause I had like, I went from one to two for like two weeks and then to three. So it kind of gave me a little transition and not for nothing. The NICU, while it's a very intense place, kind of is like a good deal. Cause you're like, I got to give birth and then come home and like heal from that a little bit. Of course. And, and I didn't have, I vaginally delivered my twins, but, um, so I didn't have that much heal, you know, it was, but just regular like birth, whatever. Yeah. And it's... I got to like sleep and I would just have to get up and pop and like, so that stuff, you know, there weren't, it wasn't all like, you know, it was a nice kind of transition for me. And then I was just like, also like my best advice for parents is even if it's like one to two, cause like one, you're figuring it out. I wanted to do it myself. Cause I'm like, listen, in one month, no one's going to be here. No one. So I don't want you here now. Like, honestly, I didn't want people coming here and helping me with the twins because I was like, I have to figure out how to take care of all three of these kids by myself. So I'm just like, that's the type of mom I am where I'm like, I got to just dig deep right now and figure this out. So I would just sit down and be like, I got to tandem feed these kids. Oh my gosh. And that's it. Yeah, we, that, that is true though, because you know, the, I feel like so many people try to help the first month and then it's just like, okay, and now you're just on your own for it. And those are the hardest and with full feedings like i obviously want parents to start from birth so like i think sometimes when too many people are over it gets in the way of like you You being able to like make your own parenting choices and i mean i didn't give a shit that my in-laws thought i was weird when frankie was born i was like "Eh." you can ask me to come over and i'll tell you when i'm available but i wasn't inviting people to come for like the first eight weeks i wanted to just get my shit straight and i know that's hard because family relationships are complex and now I obviously have the perspective of like my parents are past so I have a very different perspective now about things like that where I'm like okay let's like let's make that work because you know life is short but just really figuring it out how to do it multiples and then I would always think of triple moms honestly I'm like someone always has it tougher so I'd be like one of my well I guess two of my friends because they're sisters but they're quadruplets so it's three girls and one boy. And it's funny because the one has three kids and the other has two. And their mom is amazing and helps them a lot with stuff. And she's always like, I mean, this is easy. I mean, one kid, two kids, three kids, all at different ages. She's like, I had all four of you. <laughs> and I'm like, that has to be insane to have 
it is a blur. Like I think back and I remember I asked my my brother's ex wife because they're divorced now, but she they had twins and they're a year and a half older than my twins. And I remember being like, What did you and she's like, And it's a blur and I'm like, and now that I did it, I'm like, It is it is a blur. blur. Like I don't I'm blinking and my twins are turning five and I'm like, I don't really know how I got here. I'm really a little tired. And I sleep, so I like that's my other thing. I'm like, I can't even when parents aren't sleeping, I'm like I don't know how they're surviving. Nope. So how old were the kids when you got divorced? My twins were one, which is really young. young. And then Frankie was three and a half. And so in hindsight, because now it's almost been four years since we separated. I mean, that was my separation. Like my divorce takes a while. <laughs> so, you know, the boys don't really know. And Frankie doesn't really either. But I'm glad that I did it then. So I do think as the kids get older, it gets a little harder. We can't really plan it. Like, we just weren't, you know, we just didn't have a good relationship. You know, we probably would have been better friends, to be honest. And so I'm happy that I'm divorced. Like, I'm much happier now. And I think for me, it's important to show my kids, like, what happiness looks like. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. My ex-husband filed for divorce. And so I wasn't happy either. Like, we were definitely on the same page. But, like, I don't know what I would have done. Had he not, I don't know. Like, my my kids are so important to me. Like, there's times where I think, well, I don't want to give up my time with my kids. I've adjusted to that now that I don't have my kids half of the time. But in the beginning, that was, like, the biggest thing for me. I was like, I can't imagine not seeing my kids every day. And I just remember my divorce lawyer, Susan Smith, who I love. Anyone local is getting divorced. Look her up. She was just like everyone. Like there's people that are married that are miserable. There's people that are divorced that are miserable. Like everyone has their shit. So and like the kids figure, you know what I mean? The kids will be okay. Yeah, it's like you're not the first people to get divorced and you your kids will be. And someone's always Yeah, so it's like everything kind of sucks and it sucks sometimes to be married i'm sure i mean any married couple could tell you that there's probably times you're like fuck off that's like, eh. <laughs> why it's like you nice know? with like, my husband working night shifts sometimes because it's like we get yes. our time apart we always say we're like if we had nine to fives both of us we probably would not enjoy it because we both like our time yeah it's like nice and it's like figuring that stuff out so it's like every situation has its downsides and so i really always kind of like of course going through the process while raising little kids having just had a mom who had just passed away of pancreatic cancer was probably one of like the hardest periods of my life and during covid oh jesus um okay yeah (laughs) but um you know you get through it and it's now it's like behind me i see people getting started with that process because people are always kind of going through that um and you know, I don't envy them because it's definitely, it's painful. Even though we weren't happy anymore, it's, you know, it's part of my life. It's the father of my kids. No one gets married thinking they're getting divorced. Mm-hmm. And no one has kids thinking that they're only going to get to see them half of the time. So I think those things can be difficult to accept. All the while you're paying like $500 an hour for a lawyer <laughs> and gouging money. Yeah. You go that route, that's the route that I went or that we went. Yeah. Um, so it's like a lot of my deep core values were challenged at that time where it was like no I don't waste money and this is like seems like the biggest waste of money yeah but you really you You know that's why in hindsight when people got prenups I mean of course your first marriage you're like never we're in love and I'm like no no now let me just tell you it makes perfect sense to decide what's gonna happen when we're in love and not when we don't want are in love anymore. Of course. Like when you're trying to f- negotiate money and custody and these things, no one's level-headed once it's over. You know, everyone's kind of like, f- go fuck yourself. <laughs> and, and even there's people like I was, excuse my language, oh, but I wasn't in love with my ex-husband anymore. There's that layer because there's people that get divorced, they're still in love with their partner. I didn't have that. So in many ways I felt grateful for that. I was you know, didn't have like heartache as well. I had it in a different way, you know, grieving other things of a divorce and then just moving on. And I really just threw myself into my business. I remember my brother said to me, okay, like, just look at it this way. You have half time to work on your business. And I just said, you know, and it wasn't pretty. There were days where I would spend two hours on the phone rehashing the bullshit with my friends, but I really tried to stay focused on not doing that and just focusing on what was going to better my life and my situation and making the most so yeah because it's like what am I gonna do it's like this this is the the hand I'm dealt 
and I can sit and even with my parents dying and, and they're not the only ones, my grandmother died, my aunt died, like it's been a long five years. Even in all that, it's like, okay, well, I have no control over any of this, right? I can only control what I can control. And so I'm going to just focus on that. And, you know, I'm grateful I did because I was able to build a very solid business that, you know, like I had said at the beginning, like fulfills me in a way that like I've never been fulfilled in my life. So that's been been good. Have you moved on in the dating world since you've been divorced? <laughs> so I have, like, it's not easy. Um, my mom never remarried when we, or she never like really dated. She was divorced after my dad. Sometimes I understand that now a lot more. It's not the easiest thing because the people I'm meeting in the like post, you know, divorce land are either people that don't have kids and have never been married because there's too far flexibility. No one prepares you for the fact that like, I'm not leaving this area until my kids are 18. And so that means that I don't have flexibility and I can't just pick up, I'm not compromising my kids. You know, I wouldn't, yeah, I could move, but then I have to what make my kids travel back and forth. So really you're limited in who you can date realistically right. and then like what that looks like. And I've had a few situations, <laughs> situations. Okay. <laughs> and I like feel like I was recently just ready to kind of be like, you know what, I don't even care anymore. And I literally just met someone amazing. It's new, but it's probably the most real thing that I've, that I, this was after just a lot of like bullshit. It's like, I think with dating apps and all that stuff, like nobody really, like I want a partner, you know, right. I want someone who I can rely on, who can rely on me and that I can build like a team with because I didn't even have that in my marriage. And like a lot of people don't want that. They just want to have sex or like it's so available to them because of dating apps that like I've really not met people that wanted to be committed. You'd be shocked, nothing against polyamorous relationships, but like lots of people are looking for a third and I'm like, it's not my thing. Or they'll like talk to you and then all of a sudden they're like, it's me, it's my partner. And I'm like, yeah, you should probably put that on the front page because like not everyone's into that. And right. I, it, I'm not looking for that. So it's been a very interesting situation, but I did, like I said, I just met someone that I'm like really kind of blown away by that That's is awesome. local-ish. So oh, we're good. fingers crossed that that continues. And, um, you know, if it doesn't, like I'm just kind of open to experiencing that as it comes, my kids are my priority. I do not get child support. So I am financially responsible for my children on my own, which is pretty common in 50-50 custody, which is what most people end up with. That's what the states really want in terms of divorce. They want people to split custody. So it's like my focus is there. It's that my raising these kids, they're amazing and and figuring out how to pay for college and, you know, all the things that. that we're all doing. Just one more thing about with the dating, but it was funny because I follow um not skinny but not fat and I don't know if you follow oh. and I see that she's like at the Jay Shetty whatever thing and she's posting <laughs> stuff and I saw, oh, there's someone on this like blind date on the stage. Wasn't really focusing too much I'm kind of just like scrolling through and then I saw your Instagram and you were the one that was up there I'm like wait what is happening and only my life so what was I don't even know so I went to Jay Shetty with one of my best friends and literally he was like where are the single people at and at the time I was single so I was like hey and so he picked me to go on stage and have this like his show is like interactive he has a new book and i follow him his wife i'm like borderline in love with i think it's roddy is how you say it and i just love what he puts out i didn't really know too too much about him but it was just like a like a mock date to show how people connect and talk about things of eye contact and questions and things like that I can't tell you how many people messaged me after that. And like, I sat down in my seat and my best friend was like, everyone in the theater is like in love with you. <laughs> and Amanda Hirsch was actually in our row. Okay. And I know her. And so like, her mom is like crying. Cause like, I was very vulnerable about being a single mom and like the things like wanting to love myself more and wanting to give myself more time and all the things. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. And it's very, you know, a lot of, some people can't go there. I'm very easily able to like be um, really authentically like where I'm at. And so my friend was like, 
run the whole beacon theater was not with you i was like oh god <laughs> so and then he like put the guy's number in my phone and the kid was he was like i say kid i'm like i honestly could be your mother so <laughs> probably isn't gonna go the way that you think it's gonna go but Aww. but it was fun it was a wild i live a pretty fun life sometimes yeah. i'm like wow very different then i come back home and i put three kids and- <laughs> yeah Speaking of going home to your three kids, just one or two quick questions about your co with co-parenting before we finally get into full feedings. Um, what has been the biggest transition for co-parenting for you? Like, what's the most difficult thing with the transition besides not seeing them? For me, because our marriage didn't work, I don't want to say failed. Doesn't sound great, but it didn't work. Um, there were reasons that it didn't work and that mainly is you know lots to do with kids and we don't see eye to eye and maybe we don't have so then like you still have to do all those things together right but you don't agree right Figured. and then like you have no control over what happens when they're at the other parent's house and luckily for me my children adjusted really well like children do even with my work and like babies that go to daycare and babies that are home they adjust really well to different routines and so that was hard though because I obviously do sleep that's my whole business so like sometimes I'd be like are you fucking are you fucking with me just because you like you're messing with the kids like clearly they're thriving in this we do share a nanny, so that really helps to keep. We didn't always, um, and we both pay her separately, but like we share the same person, which I do think makes transitions really easy with our kids. It makes the scheduling really easy with the kids, and it keeps it really consistent yeah. for them. For sure, the consistency um, is probably. I've never heard of that, and I yeah. think that's really something that probably a lot of people could benefit from who are co-parenting. Yeah, it's not always, like, sometimes it would get a little screwy because you, I'd be like, we have to coordinate her hours. Like, if my days are Wednesday, Thursday, and your days are Monday, Tuesday, and you work her, like, 30 hours, like, that doesn't work. Do you know what right. I mean? Like, then by Friday, she's exhausted, oh, yeah. and it can compromise my job. So, like, little things, you know, that kind of stuff is like, oh, my gosh, I can't think about this. And I'm very much, like I said, kind of to be like, I have systems. Like, everything is a system. So, like, I want to make a system that functions without me having to do anything right most of the time that doesn't co-parent doesn't allow something and they you know or like stupid shit like clothes i'm like just send the send the fucking pants back like (laughs) why just send them back like what you know and he's like you stole the camo pants like i didn't take the camo pants (laughs) oh my gosh i've never seen the camo pants like it's stuff like that that you can kind of get like lost in and for me i tried like you know, just dumb stuff. Like yeah. I want the vacuum. I'm like, just take the vacuum. I don't like when we were still like separating things. I would just, I took a very different approach, which was like, there's not, nothing's worth it. Right. Just... And we do, we have moments where, you know, we can enjoy our kids together and, but it's not, not always easy. All right. I think that is a great place to stop for part one of this two-part podcast. As we wrap up, We hope that you gained insight into the personal life of Anne, the founder of Full Feedings. Anne's experience as a mother, model, athlete, and entrepreneur has equipped her with the skills and mindset to overcome challenges and pursue her dreams with determination. In part two of this episode, we will be exploring Anne's journey in founding Full Feedings, her work as a sleep consultant, and the impact she has made on the lives of her clients. We look forward to sharing more of Anne's inspiring story and hoping you will join us for the next episode, which will release this Thursday.